The Dramini Archives presents Iris by Aura Nix. Summary Draco Malfoy finally has the girl he's dreamed of being with as long as he can remember. Hermione Granger is his, but he never anticipated having to share her with Theo Knott, and he absolutely hates it. He doesn't want to share her. He can't lose her. What's the youngest Death Eater in history going to do to make sure the girl he loves is his and his alone? Chapter 1 Hermione had always been drawn to dark places. She lived in the light, in the towers that rose high above the castle grounds. But her soul ached for the grey, the in-between, that thin line that she had danced all on throughout the war. Now, she thought to herself, as she kicked her shoes off quietly and dashed through the hallways, tinged with green light, her heart pounding in anticipation. The grey was hers, those boys were hers, and she was about to be theirs. Granger! Draco's husky voice echoed through the labyrinth tunnels that ran through the dungeon level of Hogwarts. Hermione was so turned around, completely unfamiliar with her location, she had never ventured this far into the underground of Hogwarts, at least not without the two boys, who were currently stalking her through the dark, by her side. The flame of the candles in the passageway flickered softly, but she was unsure whether she was due in the general draftiness of the castle for one or of the passing in the hiding spot. Come out, come out, wherever you are, Theo taunted. Hermione's breath caught in her throat as she pressed herself deeper into the crevice she had tucked herself into. She wanted to run, but it wasn't to make a mad dash for safety of the Great Hall, where the light was warm and welcoming. She wanted to run deeper into the places where the shadows stretched long and the air was thick. She wanted the chase, and then she wanted to see their eyes darken with lust when she was caught. She counted quietly to herself, and then when she hit a full minute without a hint of the two Slytherins being nearby, she decided it was time to move. She was oneless and had nothing to rely on, except for whatever ability she had to move stealthily. She knew the odds were against her. Their snakes knew this territory like the backs of their hands. Hermione may have wanted to be caught, wanted nothing more than to surrender to them both, but she certainly wasn't going to make this easy. She peeked her head out from her hiding place, and when she saw the corridor was empty, she ran, racing blindly, taking turns at random. The only thing she was sure of was that she was travelling deeper into the dungeons as the air turned damp and stones cold beneath her stockinged feet. She screamed as Draco stepped out of seemingly nowhere, wrapped his arm tightly around her waist and yanked her up against his body. "'I've got you now, little witch.' he murmured into her ear. She felt him stiffen slightly as Theo rounded the corner that she had just come from, like she had been herded into a trap they had set. "'Well, well, well, I see you've caught our prize!' Theo chuckled darkly as he stepped into her, trapping her between their bodies. She gasped as Theo's hands wandered over the curve of her waist, while Draco pressed against her arse, his cock hard and thick. By the time they pulled her out of the corridor and made their way to their shared room in the Slytherin dormitory, she was shaking with her need for them. Chapter 2 
Draco felt like he had waited forever for this moment. Hermione's bare back pressed up against his chest, one hand tangled in her coffee-coloured curls and the other cupping one perfect breast, her taut nipple pressed into his palm. If he ever believed in muggle heaven, this would most always be living embodiment of it. Almost. Draco, Theo, please... Hermione moaned softly and tilted her head back, running her lips over Draco's jaw. He turned his head and captured her mouth with his. He would do absolutely anything to keep her from saying that again. Kissing her also gave him an excuse to close his eyes, which meant he could stop watching her run her hand through Theo's curls, using them to tug his mouth closer between her thighs. When he had said he would do anything for Hermione... Draco had not, for one single moment, considered that anything would include adding Theodore Knott to their relationship. He and Theo had grown up together, but heading to Hogwarts had changed everything. Theo had been determined to distance himself as much as possible from the Knott legacy and from being conscripted into the Dark Lord's service. Draco, however, had never had that luxury. Their childhood friendship, it turned out, couldn't withstand that. And now... Now all Draco wanted to do was avard the bastard and feed him to whatever acromantulas were left in the Forbidden Forest. He surreptitiously shot a light one-list stinging hex at Theo's thigh, smirking as he fell back on his arse. Draco took advantage, spinning Hermione to face him, while Theo looked up at him in confusion from where he had landed on the floor. He scooped her up into his arms, her legs wrapping around his waist, turned and took a few short steps off the edge of his bed. His bed, he thought to himself as he laid her on it, following her down until his body covered hers. He slid a finger along her slit, testing her. She was wet and ready for him. When their eyes locked and he could see his own desire reflected back at her, he slid inside her smoothly. He could feel every inch of her as he thrust deep inside her. She met him stroke for stroke, their breathing falling into sync as they moved faster and harder together. The intensity built until they were both trembling on the edge of release. Hermione let go first, crying out as she came hard, her body shaking with pleasure. He followed shortly afterwards, pulling her close as they came back down to earth together. Draco had lost himself in her eyes and in her body. She was oblivious to everything around them. Until he heard, Draco, mate, didn't your mother teach you how to share? In a scolding yet humour-filled tone beside them. Fucking Theo, he thought, shoving the rage he felt towards his former friend deep down. So as not to upset Hermione, who was giggling up at Theo, like he had said something witty as she lay in Draco's arms. He plastered a smile on his face and lightly laid a kiss against Hermione's lips as he withdrew from her body, whispering both a quick scourgefly and contraceptive charm as he stood and tugged his trousers and jumper back on. She's all yours, mate. I'm going to get her some food, Draco responded. He had no desire to see or hear Hermione fall apart in Theo's arms like she did for him. As he stalked through the dungeons towards the kitchen, his mind raced. This triad situation was not working for him. He didn't want to share. He couldn't give up Hermione. That meant there was only one solution. 
he was going to have to kill Theo. Chapter 3 Draco rolled his head back along his shoulders, stretching the muscles in his neck. He was stiff and sore from sitting in the furthest corner of the restricted section, well hidden from the eyes of Madame Pince. He had planned ahead and had, in his possession, a signed note that he had weaselled out of Professor Slughorn for a situation just like this. The Wizengamot may not have found him guilty in his trial, but he was bloody well certain that being caught here of all places would not end well for him. He looked over the stack of books he had piled next to him. He had to be smart about this. He couldn't just kill Theo. Certainly a Nevada would take him out, but that wasn't going to get him as happy ever after with Granger, and frankly, he thought, after everything he had been through, he deserved nothing less. Having had enough of failed murder plots to last him a lifetime, Draco knew this plan had to be meticulously crafted and perfectly executed. He lifted his wand, returning most potions potent to the shelf. He knew he would have better luck in the manor library before the Auras had raided it, but now he had to work with what he had at hand. He muttered a quick tempest, shooting to his feet as he realised the time. Hermione and Theo were going to be coming out of ancient rooms soon, and he needed to beat them back to the Aethia common room so they wouldn't question where he had been. Everything needed to seem completely normal. He took the books into the bottom of the shelf, casting a strong concealment charm over them. He needed to make a list, he thought to himself, as he quietly moved into the main part of the library. A list of all the requirements to make his plan run as smoothly as possible. He cast a quick refreshing charm on himself and smoothed back his hair as he slid into the overstuffed chair and the common room, opening up his well-read copy of Beating the Bludgers, a study of defensive strategies in Quidditch, who pretended to not hear the portrait guarding the eighth-year dormitories open a few minutes after his arrival and feigned surprise as Hermione slid into his lap. Hello to you too, little witch. He pulled her close, kissing her deeply. What about me? A pouty voice said from behind them. Draco had long ago perfected the fake smile he used as he looked up at Theo. Well, you're certainly not a little witch, and my lap isn't big enough for both of you, he replied teasingly, pulling Theo's hand to his mouth and placing little kisses along his knuckles. Play the game, Draco, he reminded himself. Hermione moved in his lap, turning to face him completely, and shifting her weight to straddle him. He automatically moved his hands to grab her hips and rocked her slightly against his rapidly hardening cock. She whimpered softly and leaned into him, resting her forehead against his. The moment was broken when Michael Corner came through the portrait, shouting to his housemates that it was dinner time and to meet him in the great hall. We should probably head to dinner ourselves. Hermione remarked as she moved off him to stand, Theo steadying her. Then he bent slightly and whispered around loud enough in her ear for Draco to hear. Maybe we could just have him for dinner. Draco's eyes widened slightly at that, and when he looked up, Theo was staring at him while a wicked grin on his face and lustful eyes. Hermione elbowed Theo gently as she held a hand out to Draco. Don't be ridiculous, Theo. She purred up at him in reply. He's clearly dessert. Dinner flew by. It had tasted like ashes in Draco's mouth. Theo and Hermione had clearly been plotting throughout the meal, 
shooting him heated glances as they whispered to each other. Draco had been with Hermione long enough to know that the idea he and Theo together excited her. Up until now, though, it had been contained to flirting and a few snogs between them for Hermione's benefit. It wasn't that Theo wasn't attractive, or even that Draco didn't find himself attracted to men. It was more, Draco thought to himself, as he finished up his last few bites of food, that it might be slightly uncouth to shag a man while also plotting his murder. When the meal was over, however, they practically pounced on him. Before long, Draco, Hermione and Theo were stumbling into Draco's room. Hermione had wound herself around Draco, planting kisses on his neck, while fumbling with the buttons of his shirt. Draco, please! She looked up at him as he grabbed her hands, stopping her from stripping him down. Please let Theo touch you. I need to see you both. Please. Draco looked over at Theo, who hadn't moved out of the doorway since they had all entered the room, and quirked an eyebrow at him in question. When Theo nodded slightly, Draco looked at Hermione. As my lady wishes, he replied, looking down at her. With that, Draco took control of the situation. He beckoned to Theo and the two of them worked together to rid Hermione of every stitch of clothing she was wearing. Theo on his knees before her unbuttoned her skirt and threw it to the side and working her knickers down her legs, tossing them to Draco, who snatched them out of mid-air, brought them to his face and inhaled deeply. He groaned loudly at her scent. He was going to have this all in time, just him. He would have her all to himself, once Theo was gone. Draco had been working his way down her uniform skirt, one slow button at a time, kissing his way down the side of her neck to her shoulders. Sliding her sleeves down her arms, he stopped at her wrists and twisted them together in one hand, trapping her hands together. He slid his hand up her stomach and slipped it under her bra to tease her nipples as she moaned and writhed between the two of them. By the time she hit the point of incoherent pleading, he took the smallest bit of mercy on her and finished undressing her, sending her to the bed to make herself comfortable. They had played dominance games in the bedroom before, mostly with Hermione in the role Theo found himself now, but he knew that Theo was comfortable with and where his limits were. Draco looked down at him. He was still on his knees from disrobing Hermione. No need for you to get up, he sneered down at him. I think you're fine right where you are. It was going to have to be a potion. Draco had already decided. Play to his strengths. Theo licked his lips, first looking at the growing bulge in front of him and then up to Draco's eyes. Draco began unbuttoning his pants. Theo, he warned, if you need me to stop, tap my thigh twice. Otherwise, I'm going to fuck your swatty mouth until you're gagging on my cock. Do you understand me? Theo nodded quickly, his eyes going dark. He knew that he was going to have to make it quick, something fast-acting, so there was no time to get him to Pomfrey. And, Draco continued, you are not going to come until both Hermione and I do. You can touch your own cock, because I'm certainly not going to do it for you. You can come on the floor. I don't want anything touching me except for your mouth, your tongue and your hands. Is that clear? And something untraceable, obviously. 
There was no point in doing this if he was going to end up in Azkaban. Theo nodded again. Words, slut, Draco practically growled at him. I need to hear your words. As soon as he heard that quiet, Yes, sir, come from Theo, and with a look over at Hermione, who was watching them both with eager eyes, he grabbed a fistful of Theo's curls and slapped his hard cock against Theo's cheek. Then open up. A poison, that really was the best option. Theo did as he was told, a small moan leaving his lips as he slowly opened his mouth. Something Draco could brew in a dark corner of the many abandoned rooms in the dungeons. Draco squeezed the base of his cock, trying to hold off the rust of anticipation. Not of just the pleasure he was going to get from Theo's mouth, but also the pleasure he was going to get from Theo's death. One that he could source the ingredients for easily. He would have to use whatever he could find in the Forbidden Forest, or steal from Slughorn's storeroom. He pressed forward, head tilting back and eyes closing as the tip of his cock slowly slid into Theo's hot, wet mouth, pushing and pushing and pushing until he felt the head hit the back of his throat. It felt fucking unbelievable, and Theo hadn't even done anything but hold still and take it yet. Suck it. Close your lips around my cock and suck me, Theo. He was only going to have one chance. He had to make it count. Fuck, fuck, fuck. It was too fucking good. Everything. All of it. Theo sucked and licked him clumsily, trying to keep up with Draco's thrusts. He moaned around Draco's cock as he stroked his own. Draco could hear Hermione on the bed, the sounds of her wet pussy mixing with her whimpers as she fucked herself with her fingers the sight of them both together. He just had to be patient and wait for the perfect opportunity. When one particularly hard thrust left Theo gagging, Draco came hard and unexpectedly, the complete and utter shock of it just pushing him further over the edge into pure bliss. Over the rush in his ears, he could hear Hermione's high-pitched, I'm coming! I'm coming! Theo's eyes widened in surprise as Draco flooded his mouth, and the feel of it coupled with the sound of Hermione's orgasm and his frantic thrusts into his hand made Theo shatter. Draco stilled momentarily and looked down past Theo at the streaks of cum he had unloaded on the floor, as Theo flushed with embarrassment. He knew what he had to do next, even though it was the last thing he wanted to do. He knew that by doing this, he would make it less likely that any of this would come back for him. He needed to make it believable. He pulled back and tucked himself back into his pants. Theo still hadn't looked at him. He slid his hand under Theo's chin, angling his face so Theo couldn't avoid his gaze. Come here, Draco said gruffly, tugging at him. Theo got to his feet, wide-eyed and unsure. That was so fucking hot, baby. You took my cock so good. And with that, Draco leaned forward and kissed him deeply, tasting himself on Theo's tongue. Everything was going to be perfect. Chapter 4 Everything was not perfect. Draco was frustrated. He had gone through so many books to find the potion that would best fit his exacting standards, but brewing the elixir of dark waters was turning out to be slightly more difficult than he had planned. It seemed to be a combination of an early version of dreamless sleep, 
which added ingredients to slow the heart rate and breathing, a deadly combination leading to the victim essentially dry drown in whatever fluids they had ingested with the potion. It would be completely undetectable. On top of the time-consuming brewing directions, he had to get it right the first time. He was going to get another chance. He looked back over at the instructions laid out in the ancient-looking book that had found shoved in the back of the shelf at the restricted section. Elixir of Dark Waters This potion must be started 13 days before the rise of a black moon. Bring 5 litres of moon water to a rapid boil. Moon water must be collected on the last full moon prior to the start of brewing. Add a pinch of blood flour and 10 seeds of the graveyard tree. Stir for 9 minutes in an anti-clockwise direction. Roughly chop 2 owlet wings and add into the mixture while stirring quickly. The potion will, if correctly brewed, turn completely clear at this stage. Add one crushed white briony petal, let it simmer and cover before returning nightly to do the following. Each night of the brewing prior to the night of the black moon, at the exact time the moonrise will take place, you must add five thinly sliced roots of the dead man's fingers whilst reciting Maddifascio Merso, Aniam Agrere, with a clockwise rotation of your wand in tighten circles. When the potion flashes, your nightly brewing is complete. On the thirteenth night, whilst the moon rises, you must add the still-beating heart of an adder and recite the words Spirandi Fiobere, Noliet Cortum, Prasipator Premis in Confidabat Potum. If the potion flashes a bright blue and then turns clear again, it has been properly brewed. It must be administered within six hours of the potion being completed. He had followed the directions step by step. He foraged in the forbidden forest by himself to find hemlock water, dewdrop wort needed for his nightly brewing tasks. Travelled to Malfoy Manor to pluck red berries from the yew trees planted there and extracted the poisonous seeds housed within them. Now all he had left to do was somehow skin this bloody adder and extract the heart, all without being bitten himself. He couldn't use any magic to complete this task. It all had to be done by hand so that there was no residual magic on this important ingredient when he added it to the potion. Taking a gulp of the calming draught beside him, Draco pulled on the thick dragonhide gloves the snake tongs he owled ordered from his task. Slightly sliding back the lid of the glass cage the furious snake was currently in, he pinned a venomous adder down, slightly behind his head, with a long hook he held in one hand and with the other grabbed it by the head with a long tong. It hissed and writhed while in the grasp of the tool. Draco could feel the sweat sliding down his back, dampening his shirt as he dropped the snake hook and whispered a quick tempest. It was time. He picked up the knife beside him, and with one quick slice cut the snake lengthwise. His own heartbeat pounded in his ears as he located the heart of the snake, and with a pinch and swift twist he had secured his prize. He turned, dropping the snake back in the cage and bumping the lid shut. He wanted to wipe his forehead, but his hands were covered in blood and other fluids, and he was running out of time. Draco grabbed his wand and walked over to the potion he had worked so hard on, and counted down the final minutes until the black moon finally rose. 
He released the breath he had been holding as the potion flashed a bright blue and then stilled into a clear liquid. The potion was complete. It was time. Draco filled a small vial with a measured dose of the potion and headed back to the Aethia dorms. He stopped quickly to knock on Zabini's door, handing over some galleons in trade for the alcohol Blaze had acquired for him. Hermione and Thea were exactly where he expected them to be in his dorm room, waiting for him to arrive. He pulled two bottles of Ogden's Old for himself and Theo, and a bottle of gilly water for Hermione out of his bag, and put them down just as Hermione threw herself into his arms. "'Looks like you both started without me,' he quipped the tipsy witch in his arms. Theo didn't seem to be far behind Hermione in terms of sobriety, which was exactly where Draco needed him to be. Hermione giggled and then told Draco about the muggle game of strict poker, which she was determined to teach both he and Theo by the end of the night. Like he was going to argue with playing a game that ended with this witch naked. Draco atheoed his flask, hearing Theo do the same. He had decided against adding the potion to the bottle itself, not wanting to take the risk of accidentally drinking some of it himself. Hermione was safe as she detested the taste of fire whisky. She said it reminded her of the time after Madame Promphy was killed during the war, and she and some of the other older Gryffindor students had run to the infirmary. There were so many severe curse and physical injuries coming in that they weren't equipped to handle. They would often have a shot to take the edge off their anxiety before jumping in to deal with the injured and dying. She laughed darkly once and told Draco that she wasn't even sure if she knew how to heal people any more without a drink first. Draco knew that he had to keep his wits about him tonight, while he waited for the perfect time to add the poison to Theo's flask. Although he had made it appear that he was drinking as much as they both were, he was merely sipping at the fire whisky in his flask, and that was having a two-fold benefit, Draco decided. Not only was Theo's drunken state going to make Draco's task this evening much easier, but he was currently playing much better at this muggle game of Hermione's than either of them, leaving both his little lioness and Theo in an advanced state of undress. Hermione was currently down to her knickers, one sock and the vest that she always wore under her uniform shirt. That sneaky witch had managed to remove her bra in an earlier round, tossing the emerald green lacy piece of lingerie right in Draco's lap as she giggled. Theo was down to just his pants and his socks. His shirt, trousers and jumper had been long removed. Draco had thrown a few rounds in order to keep at the facade, choosing to rid himself of his socks and jumper, leaving him in just a well-worn t-shirt and trousers. After anxiously watching the clock for so long, the time had finally come. Theo had drunkenly declared that he needed to take a leak and Hermione took advantage of that to dash to her room to grab her sleep clothes. As soon as both doors closed, Draco moved fast. He pulled the small vial from his trouser pocket, opened the top of Theo's flask and dumped the potion in. He swirled it around a few times to mix it up and added a little more fire whisky before replacing the top and returning to where he had been lounging on the floor. When both witch and wizard had returned, the card play also did. Drunken innuendos and insults were flying between the three as more hands of cards were sloppily thrown down and more clothes were removed. Hermione had switched to Butterbeer when she returned, telling the boys that she was determined to avoid her regular weekend morning hangover tomorrow as the three of them had plans for a Hogsmeade trip. Theo was getting handsy and he won't do what he was drinking and that Draco's mission was complete 
he had started to drink a little heavier than he had earlier. He folded after perusing the shite hand he had been dealt and took to another drink that pushed away the anxiety he was feeling, not having seen Theo pick up his flask since he had returned. He felt slightly guilty when Hermione mentioned their plans for tomorrow. However, he knew that with Theo out of the picture, he would be able to spoil her with as many trips as she wanted. He was lost in thought, dreaming of Hermione in a tiny bikini on a beach, when the witch, who currently staring in his daydreams, jumped up to her feet, shouting as she won the last round of cards. Draco rolled his eyes, and Hermione cheered as Theo stood, so intoxicated that it was almost as if he were performing a parody of a striptease. He stumbled over his own feet as he tried to strip out of his boxes. He swayed precariously for a moment before finally losing his balance and falling backwards, hitting his head hard on the floor. There were a few seconds of stunned silence as Draco and Hermione came to terms with what happened, and then, with a quick intake of breath, Hermione snapped back to her senses and started issuing orders to Draco. He gathered up the supplies she needed as she pulled her hair back, essence of dittany and blood replenishing potion, and myrtlep essence. He ran to the bathroom to wrap clean towels, and she levitated Theo to the bed. His head was bleeding profusely at this point, and he still hadn't opened his eyes since falling. Draco felt terrible knowing how traumatic this must be for Hermione, but they both knew he was absolute rubbish at anything other than basic healing charms, and this situation was far beyond the use of those. He accioed a calming draught and a bar of chocolate for Hermione as he hurried back to the bathroom, but she was oddly, surprisingly calm when he returned with everything. Her wand work was so perfect that she prepared vulnere santere between layering layers of pastes and potions onto Theo's head wound. Draco couldn't figure out why his stomach was in knots as he watched her heal Theo. Wasn't this what he wanted? This wasn't how he had planned it, but wasn't the end result all that mattered? Theo out of the way and having him mind himself to himself? Why did he feel something like concern and worry as he watched Theo's chest slowly rise and fall and the colour come back to his cheeks? Did he care about Theodore not? It seemed like it was an impossibility, but the burning in the back of his eyes felt almost like tears of relief. Draco looked around for Theo's flask. It wasn't on the table where Draco had left it after adding the poison, but he finally spotted it over where the two of them had been finally sitting when they played their last hand of cards. The top looked like it was still screwed on from where he was standing, but he realised that it would have looked odd to go over and pick it up now in the middle of all this. He could, Draco thought to himself, maybe take a little more time before making such a permanent decision. So as Hermione cast a Revenate to waken a healed Theo, Draco cast a quiet Evanesco, vanishing Theo's flask and all the contents within completely. After rousing a still groggy Theo, Draco and Hermione cleaned up the bedroom, casting a spell to send the cards back to his bedside drawer and the bottles to the trash, while Hermione cast a Scourgeify to clean Theo's blood from the floor. They chatted back and forth with each other and Theo, determined to keep him awake for a little while. Sending Theo to the overstuffed chair, the two changed the sheets and then all three, exhausted at this point, stumbled into the shower with Draco and Hermione working together to gently wash the blood out of Theo's unruly curls. All in clean pyjamas, they slid into Draco's bed, Theo on the far side near the wall, Hermione between them and Draco on the edge nearest the door. 
Draco laid on his side, facing them both. The scent of fire whiskey was still surprisingly strong, he thought to himself. He laid a soft kiss on Hermione's forehead, and then, in a move that felt so natural, astonished himself. He reached across her side to slide a hand over Theo's hip, squeezing it gently. Feeling more at peace than he had in a long time, he drifted off to sleep. Draco shot up in bed as a loud scream echoed through the bedroom. He was wide-eyed and shaking from being awakened so abruptly. Then remembering his actions of the night before, the thought struck him that maybe his realisation had come too late. Maybe Theo had. Draco hadn't picked up the flask and felt its weight. He had only vanished it. He didn't know for sure that Theo hadn't drank from it. Closing his eyes, he took a moment to compose himself, beating back the shame and guilt he felt, and prepared himself to comfort Hermione. That was the most important thing now. Screams still reverberating in his ears, he took a deep breath, looked up, and met the shocked and horrified gaze of Theodore Not. Looking down at the corpse of Hermione Granger, laying between them, Draco too began to scream. Thank you for listening to Iris by Aura Nix. Join us next time for more Dramione stories. <laughs>